Okay. Okay, I'm gonna have less of the band and more of myself at least. Welcome to Hit Repeat. We're back mm. with Combat Damien and Jed. Hey, hey. Who's our sponsor today, guys? Jeepers. Why don't you tell us? I think you know more than us. All right. Yeah, um, this is, these, are, these are the important folks that we, we couldn't possibly do this show. That is true. Uh, without these sponsors. General Motors. Yes. General Lee Motors. It's an old guy that just lives two blocks down. Yeah. Helped us. Uh, he's a good help. guy. He's Thanks, a good general. guy. Thanks, General. Thanks, Retired thanks. General. Thank you for that, General and, Lee. And also Motors in general. Uh, them, yeah. It helped. It helped me get here today. Yeah. So thank you, Motors, for getting us to this show. All right, guys. Today we're speaking about the well, the role of a producer in, in I suppose, music manufacturing. Can can we call oh, it that? Oh yes, in the, the, like in motor manufacturing. In m- motor manufacturing, the, the the music is the emotional vehicle that gets us there. No, the other way around. It's the vehicle that gets us to emotion. Oh, gosh, this young generation uh, sucks. Yeah, we so well, English. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> well, the previous two episodes, which if you haven't listened to, they were just so good. So amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Subscribe, like, share. Hello. <laughs> they were sound-breaking. Yes. The, we were talking about kind of simplicity in songs. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, you know, as we were sort of chatting about this, yeah. <clears throat> artists, come on, musicians aren't intuitively kind of simple, simple. <laughs> we're not like oh this part doesn't need me if, if anything it's generally the opposite we no. think that oh this moment in the song really needs me it's more this part doesn't need you it needs me it needs me yeah. exactly yeah. uh and so we kind of were talking about that and i mentioned earlier like the red hot chili peppers one of my favorite bands but if you listen to their uh early stuff in- including mother's milk which came out just before uh Oh, my SD card is full. Oh, oh, we fine. just lost that camera angle. We got one camera list. <laughs> <laughs> Simple Roll with show. It, Roll with it. Yeah, if you listen to Mother's Milk, uh, it's an incredible record, and there's all kinds of chaos going on, which is very pure Red Hot Chili Peppers. But I think their sound really got defined when Rick Rubin mm-hmm. came on board with them. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know, most people don't know who the producers are. You know, we think of producers nowadays as like hip hop beat makers. No. You know, which is a producer. But but in the typical music context context historically, no. you know, you the producer is that sort of unnamed person uh sitting in the studio with the band telling them what's good and what's not good, mm. what's gonna work and what's not gonna work. There's sort of that uh objective uh perspective no. yeah. on the skill set of the band but how to draw out the best and yeah. cut out the worst. And some producers are fantastic at that. I like Rick Rubin. Um, He's phenomenal. Yeah. Like I was reading up on, on his like credits the oh, other day. Dude. Like, this guy has been from, you know, like the Beastie Boys. Yep. Up, uh, you know, he's been everywhere. So it's, it's pretty well, yeah, crazy. He, produ- he, he yeah. basically created the Beastie Boys. Yeah. I mean, he didn't create those guys. Were were he shaped them I suppose. In, in the hip hop scene? Yeah. But he he had the idea to go. You know, wait, wait a second. Mm. Hip hop is a for real genre. Mm. This is in New York uh, when hip hop was starting to make its presence known in mm. the in the early eighties. Um, they were uh, they were taking <laughs> the disco breakdowns, uh, uh, like the drum breakdown of a disco record, and spinning it and just keeping the party going. And they'd have an MC who'd rap a couple lines. Just to keep the mm. people dancing, but it was all about the DJ on the floor. Anyway, Rick Rubin, who was an NYU student at the time, he 
he was like, yo, you know, he was savvy enough to recognize that this was an awesome genre that had a future. So he got together with some guys. He he gathered the Beastie Boys, uh, Run DMC, uh, lots of this early stuff, and basically launched commercial hip hop. I think on a broader scale mm-hmm. than than. Oh, he's a Diff Jam, eh? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he Diff Jam Records. Yeah, yeah created created it basically. No. But then he also has produced. We mentioned in the previous episode Johnny Cash, that no. covers album that Johnny Cash did, which mm-hmm. is insanely good. And then Dixie Chicks, mm. you know, yeah. Red Hot Chili Peppers. But I think that just speaks to his almost like ability to to look at an artist and go, this is what you actually are. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times, you, and I mean, you were saying it like an artist goes, yeah, this needs me and this, not that section, but this section needs me. Where he actually goes like, no, this is what you're good at and apply it here. Yeah. And he's really good at that. Like, you know, how many acts has he, I want to say like revived their careers, but almost like maybe jump-started their career or like gave it a nice boost yeah i mean it's hard it that's interesting territory because it's really hard to say no i do know that with the johnny cash thing you know johnny cash was at sort of this weird space where nashville wasn't loving on him Mm. too well you know and he was kind of this older country guy Mm. i know that rick rubin really wanted to revive this this legend of of songwriting Mm. uh and sort of he needed to be brought back to i guess a relevant sphere i mean listen we're just three dudes in, in on microphones we don't know there's so many no. backstories yeah. you guys in music that that you don't know about you no. think you know the true stories of these artists and nobody really knows i mean what, it's the whole thing of who played the cowbell on don't fear the reaper uh will ferrell uh, of course yeah. yeah no that's 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 undebatable yeah, that has been that, determined no. we saw right. the movie <laughs> <laughs> which is hard to find on youtube now what the the clip? Mm, they took it down. Yeah, oh, they, they uh, everyone like someone uploads it every yeah, now and then. Yeah. So, but who's the, what's what band wrote that song? Uh, uh, I don't know who uh, wrote Blue it. Oyster I know Cult. Blue Oyster Cult played it, but did they write it? Because that's oh. another. Oh, oh so man. many stories. Stop with your negativity, yeah. man. Anyway, okay, so so wait, just to link it back to the previous episode, right? I think they wrote Cause, it because we. Oh, are you serious? I think so. Yeah. Well, we'll maybe not even a collective. We'll do a fact check. Fact check on that. It'll appear on the screen right now. <laughs> right now. Um, Probably check. by a listener. I've always wanted to do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you just uh, comment section. You just did. And, uh, just, uh, just subscribe over here. Yeah, press the like over here. Yeah. Like over here. <laughs> Follow, yeah. share, like. Yeah. No. Um, no, but so, so we were talking about simplicity. Mm. How, like, what, what role does a producer have in making sure that a band is not maybe ex- overextending their reach or doing too much? Um, how does that work? Hey, no, so I, I've been thinking about that now while you've been talking and hogging the mic there. And, um, <laughs> Get used to it. No, bro. but I just think like <laughs> if, if you see like a, a coach of a very good team, a professional team, he's not teaching them the basics. Mm. He's getting like the interpersonal relationships and like the, the psyche of the, of, of the guys. And um, obviously there'll, there'll be tactics to a degree, but there, there's, they're not teaching them, hey, man, that um, as a producer, they're not teaching, saying, "Hey, that tune your guitar." That's a C. You want, you would hope that the guys. I mean, but like, and, and I just think like maybe bands of d- at different levels and uh, of skill levels and maturity levels. Um, a, a producer requires different things. But just in thinking about it, I, um, I, I, what I really enjoy is the just like one step beyond the producers. Almost the mixer has a production element. And then I watched a video a long time ago of of, a, of that guy Bob Powers. I don't know if you if you've seen him like a guy from the seventies that did a whole bunch of bands and stuff. And he just says, um it's a silly silly thing, but it, he just said 
um, can I can I hear everything? That's the question he asks when he he gets the um, when he gets the the Ooh, files. I love that. Can yeah, I hear everything. Yeah, and he just said that he just divides it up into into um, volume like loud and soft, um, pitch high and low, um, and then bright and dark like timbre. So something it's like a really sharp sound and a really dark sound. And then he, and then I love these two things. Um, he said, like, um, articulation, something that's going ta-ta-ta-ta-ta stands out more than something that's going na-na-na-na-na. Yeah. And then level of activity, something like soaring, like sw- sweeping strings. Can Wait, sit. Sorry, so yeah, j- yeah. Uh, just quick question. If he's saying, can I hear everything, is that a thing of, like, when I listen to the thing, can I hear everything? Or does he go, can I hear everything that you've recorded? Yeah, no, so I think he... This is what he's talking when he gets a mix and he just listens through it and he's saying like what are, like trying to place these different elements and saying like All right. do I want that bell on the on the on the okay. ride symbol to stand out as much as it is but mm. and, and that might be different to maybe the same pattern but played on a floor tom yeah. it's just going to do something different in the mix um, and then yeah so I don't think everything has to be loud but you you you've got these kind of um, elements to work with and, and the other one was just like level of activity mm. maybe. Like I was saying, some strings could just like we were talking about earlier could just be holding the thing together and long notes compared to mm. maybe some a violin section. Like that's just gonna really staccato. Yes, it's gonna get attention, get your attention. So, and and not not one of those is right or wrong. But I think mm. that's the interesting thing about like almost the 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 mixer and the and the producer have like this weird relationship. Mm. Um, and and, and I, I love those things. This YouTube is full of it. Guys who just Oh, they're the, the the mix engineer, but they they bring that song alive. No. So you you produce music in so many different contexts, right? You produce in the studio, right? You you it's a specific language that you can speak as that person. What we call behind the glass. You know, the band is recording out, and you're in the the engineering booth. This is a traditional way, and you're behind the glass, and you're able to communicate to the band, to the sound engineer, to say, you know, help create something you know with with what everyone's giving you and communicate that but you also have the producing of a live show mm. you know where do the performers move on stage what is their skill set yeah. what is their what is their look what is yeah. their vibe what is the genre of music call for and how do you play into that yeah in order to capture what you're trying to do you know like can can the person who's fronting the band, are they an introvert? Can they play off of that? I'm really creepy and introverted and make it sell. Mm. Are they extroverted? Are they like Steven Tyler and running all over the stage? Yeah. Yeah. That's a live thing. And then, you know, a lot of bands don't have that studio experience and they barely have that live experience. Conbad, can, can you say something about the fact that you are actually in a, in a band I am. currently? Plug it. Uh, and, and how do you, sort of produce yourself without you know you're young in the game you're new to it you haven't had a lot of studio time uh, with a producer um how do you guys self-produce well okay so so i play in a band called the capitals shameless plug um we i think a lot of a lot of the things that we do is is trial and error i think especially because we are still fairly young in the game and from a live perspective you know you you do you try stuff and you do stuff and then it either works and you go okay that's a that's a cool thing to follow um and i mean you mentioned in one of the previous um episodes just experience um so you know we don't have a lot of experience so we don't necessarily always know what would work or what won't work and there's a lot of trial and error uh what i can say in terms of of studio time is we we recorded a single a few years ago 
uh, that was my first experience in, in professional studio. And I absolutely, uh, well, I wouldn't say I hated every moment of <laughs> it, but it was it was a very unpleasant experience because we had a very cert- like a, a specific idea of what we wanted to do. And uh, I mean, obviously you want to not, I suppose, play hardball with the producer. You've got to trust them with the song and be like, this is what we're going to do. But afterwards we realized that he shaped it so much that it almost like got away from us, which I think we also partly to blame because at some point we needed to be like draw lines to say this is actually what we want. But um, it, uh, you know, in experience is like that was the first time I did that. I didn't know necessarily what my rights were as as the the artist to go. Hmm. This is what we want to do. Um, with the stuff we recently recorded that's releasing in in um, end of March, early April this year. Yeah, it's been incredibly fantastic experience um i had a long conversation with the producer howie comrunk before just saying what it is that we we where we want to go and and he was you know incredibly respectful of that but almost going like okay let's try and and make it at well commercial or market relevant as possible while still staying true to who you are Mm -hmm. and not quote-unquote sell out um yeah, you're too young to sell out. Yeah, look, I mean, the the industry in South Africa is also. I, look, I've got to count my words carefully here. <laughs> People are watching, but um, I don't think it's necessarily financially as lucrative yeah. as as it maybe used to be. So, so the option of going no, we're selling out at the risk of you know maybe your joy. That's that's a thing, and I think that's a fine balance between. Mm. Um, you know, crafting it as much as you can to make it fun to play, but then also losing the essence of the song, I yeah. think. I know we talked about like Rick Rubin earlier, but I can't remember who it was, but I, I did hear once that in one Chili Pepper session, the the producer and John Frusciante had a fight because I think he was going for like a really clean sound and that, and that producer, whoever it was, in his head, he said, no, guitar, is, guitar solo has got to be a soaring high gain um, thing, thing, yeah. and they had a fight, and he actually walked out. And um, it's actually such a relationship of like knowing the person, and also like knowing what is this band about, and maybe that the quirkiness of that, yeah. and knowing where they want to go. Yeah, yeah. You know? Managing personalities, and she's yeah. I mean, it, it's not it's not a perfect science. It's an yeah. art. Everything yeah. about this is an art, and yeah. and everything about this is unpredictable. But there are certain things that work, and certain yeah. things that don't. And and a, the the mark of a of a really great producer, you know, it's like a coach. You were mentioning earlier. You don't have to be the best at that position to be the coach. No. You know, a producer doesn't have to be the greatest musician, you know, musician no. of all time. They have to know how to communicate with the musician that they're dealing no. with in that moment and how to draw the best from them knowing the overall picture. So often musicians get in their heads, man. We're no. like, oh, you know, again, this is very top of this, of this podcast. You know, what I'm doing is super important no. and <laughs> this is the soul of the song and sometimes that's worth fighting for. Yeah. Sometimes that's worth fighting for, but sometimes a producer has a bigger vision in mind, and a good producer, mm. a good producer can really yeah. get the sense of of who the band not only is now, but who the band could mm. be. Almost like two, three records down the road. Yeah, like they're speaking from another viewpoint that mm. could be healthy for the band mm-hmm. because they, their heads are so in no. that thing. And they'll also get it too that like you know, a producer of a pop song is going to have a very different approach than a producer of a punk song. Mm. You know, punk is supposed to sound terrible. It's not meant to sound clean. It's mm. meant to sound raw. If you have a producer step in there, you know, like you guys experienced on maybe your first no. first studio experience, you're like, oh man, you don't get it, you don't get no. me. 
um, the producer needs to get no, the genre. No, exactly. You know, you, you don't want to produce a clean punk album. You want the band to be in and out, take it in two takes, boom, awesome. You know, no. let's go get drunk. No. You know, that's that's the you a good producer really gets no what what the band is capturing from a style perspective and not no. And and, and Lord knows every producer and, and myself included, I've made records that I'm ashamed of because I didn't really pay attention. Name and shame? I'm not. <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't all of them. All of no, them. No, I didn't I didn't pay attention, I think, mm. to what the artist really was mm. about. You know, and, and, and young, being young and inexperienced, it'll make mm. you feel like you have to put your stamp mm. on something. And yes, while it's your name in the liner notes, it's the artist mm. that you're ultimately trying to launch, you know. Mm. Um, Look, I mean, with that said, I, like, I, I'm not saying that the, the guy who, who we had, like, well, I had that bad experience with was a bad producer. Like, on the contrary, I think he's actually fantastic. I was not involved with, let's call it like the early conversations because at that point I wasn't I suppose the front man I was just guitar in the band yeah. and other people had the conversations and I think that's very important it's I don't know what they were speaking about before we went to the studio so from my perspective it turned out very differently yeah. but again like it doesn't necessarily mean that he's a bad producer or um you know it's like I suppose a relational thing yeah yeah it totally so, is a relational thing mm. yeah. so how do we bring that back to um you know, because you were mentioning about a producer has to bring something out of a out of an artist, and especially trying to maybe tie in with with the previous conversation we had in terms of simplicity. One of my experiences with the recent thing we did was there was a part that I was playing that's like quite, you know, busy guitar wise, and he's just like, no, just simplify that thing. And at first I was, you know, I was like, no, but I can do it, I can do it. But you know, it was again that thing of maybe reaching just too far. And now listening to some of the mixes, I'm like, oh, that was such a genius move because I would totally have shanked that. Yeah. How do you, as a producer, Jade, how do you broach that thing with, with an artist to go, um, hey, man, maybe don't, don't play that much? There's, a, there's, there's amazing things that happen in the studio when you're recording. Um, <clears throat> gosh, sometimes you think you're spot on and it's like, 1.30 in the morning and your creative brain is going completely crazy and you're putting stuff down you're like this is amazing and then you listen the next day and you're like oh lord that was a horrid that was, horrid. That, was that was a thing uh you know we live in a time right now where very often your producers are also engineering which means they're turning the knobs they're pressing mm -hmm. record they're in there and they're doing the multiple takes um <laughs> So kind of a common trick is just to be like, you have someone in the booth recording, you know, you're playing your solo and, and I would be like, I'd be on the headphones, be like, oh yeah, that was a great take, man. You nailed it. All right. Just give me one more. Okay. Press record. Oh yeah, man. Oh you, dude, you're just nailing this. How about, give me another, just for safety, just for safety. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh no, 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 no. I, I think you got another one in you. Next thing you know, I got five versions of yeah. you playing that same solo. And then when you're sleeping, somewhere or out on the road i just kind of patch together what i think works all right. all right well that works in some context it doesn't always work mm -hmm. it can piss you off but sometimes truth is as an artist sometimes you forget what you played no sometimes you're putting notes in there that even you don't hear no you know i have a, a friend who told me he was recording slash on one record and he made slash do 40 takes of a guitar solo and this <laughs> is slash we're talking about no. but it just wasn't right no. You know, each take, you know, is was, was to the point where like the guy was mixing Jeez. and Slash had his like leg up on the table and he was like, 
like, is that enough for you, man? I'm like in your face. So uh, just which, for, which is for, an experience for everyone, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> for those who are just listening on the podcast, like Jade just basically modeled what Slash is doing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Go check it out on YouTube. My tight pants. I was up on the table. Uh, nah, but then he took even a Slash solo and, and cut it, it together. and stitched it together. Yeah. So let me ask you this, because I've heard sometimes, Damien, I don't know if you know like of this, but sometimes a producer, if he is a guitarist and he's working with someone and they're like, the guitarist is just not nailing it, when that guy leaves, he just quickly jumps into the booth and re-records the whole thing. Yeah. Does that happen? I'm, I've heard lots of stories like that where the guys have had... Um, I think that, I think we've talked about that lots with the Foo Fighters stories. and um, But there's something about sitting with a, a metronome and, and nailing that thing and, and getting the, the parts out. But uh, yeah, I think getting it back to the simplicity thing is when we think of music being almost like a like we we athletes and it has to be be for it to be good it must be tricky to play no and i think context and even the thing that andrew was saying um, about getting like 50 takes and go just one more just in case i've got enough to work with mm. like i mean that's always a safe safety net but even mm. that whole thing of hey come this side and listen to it and, mm. and i'll point out that thing i think mm. as a producer it's quite a good um to give them some pers- no. perspective because they're just listening in, in the cans and their voices um, dripping with reverb and loud and they're not getting the full mix and if they come back around the other side and actually have a listen you go that that one section there maybe just gives a bit of context and then mm. yeah and then you can also see too in that way i mean damien you're you're absolutely right and and again you know you've had so much experience in live context and, and orchestrating the way a song should sound live coming from a, a place where you're recording and then going around and like you said listening from the other side of the glass listening on the speakers whatever gives you an opportunity to go, oh, my guitar, my yeah. piano is f- literally fighting yeah. for space mm. with this other thing that's happening in the song yeah. already. Yeah. You can't necessarily hear that when you've got your mindset on, I got to play this correctly. Yeah. You know, you're literally focused on playing your thing correctly, but you're not paying attention to what's already there yeah. or potentially what's yeah. going to be there. So um, you got to be able to step away from your instrument. And that's part of that again, going back to what we almost started this whole thing about, which is talking about how to think in a more simplistic way, yeah. holistic yeah. way about the song, yeah. um, being intentional. This yeah. part belongs yeah, sure. here and it yeah. doesn't belong here yeah. because yeah. something else belongs there. And I just think of like in even the role of a producer, the producers that I've, that I've seen that are really good, they, they can um, articulate why what they want you to do. And they, instead of saying that part there, I'm not enjoying it. They they can actually put words to saying, you, you know, you, you're a bit pitchy at the end there, or let's have, let's see, you're actually pushing the tempo or whatever. Um, they, they they can actually articulate that thing to give you some handles on, rather than like I'm not getting the vibe. You yeah. know, like that often can leave you like wondering what the heck does the guy what, want from What does that yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah and, and just to kind of round it out a little bit, I think again, future podcasts will discuss this, but it's important for you young artists to understand what you have at your fingertips Mm. in terms of your recording potential. Uh, You could sit at Starbucks and write a hit song. Exactly. You know, um, you have the capability Mm. with even GarageBand, you know, let alone Logic or Pro Tools or Nuendo or whatever. So realize what you have at your disposal in terms of recording, creating, Mm. and mixing and producing yourself. The, The ease that you have of cutting and chopping and dragging in mm. loops and this and that mm-hmm. to make your song sound dope yeah. is amazing mm. it's amazing uh that's not always been the case yeah. and it's not always been digital 
digital only really happened in the past no. you know 20 years or so mm -hmm. before then bands had to practice the hell out of their songs they had to go on the road they had to tighten up yep. their songs they had to work with producers and practice and practice and practice and practice because they went into a studio yeah. and some literally an engineer uh who has a degree in like sound science yeah. presses a button and you go yeah. and you play you know that was the original technology of recording yeah. and then that got better and better and better yeah. but still the, the thing was you had to you know, record what you put down is what basically went to tape. Uh, and it's a whole different ball game than now where you can do that quick, fast editing mm -hmm. on your own. Yeah. Uh, it didn't always, so it's a much simpler, but in some ways more complicated game now because mm -hmm. you have so many options available to yeah. you and you get to play producer. Whereas, yeah. you know, records in, in this is, you know, uh, what everybody did as recently as 20, 25 years ago was they all had to know their songs yeah and put it down and put it down right no. all at one time you know maybe a little bit of overdubbing but yeah. but that was it and there's i suppose also the argument to be made for for the live element in playing like that because it just seems more energetic but i oh, think that's yeah. a that's definitely a topic we can discuss um on a later episode because i'd also like to explore the thing of like live shows then versus live shows now how they were probably musically better skilled but now you have the option of tracks and lights and all that but i'm, I'm like that's an interesting thing to consider um i think then a lot more drugs a lot more drugs back then as well they don't know they don't well <laughs> probably both i suppose i don't know um but then I, I think maybe as a as a top 10 this week should we maybe say 10 producers that are very multi-genre focused maybe or like well, I don't want to say best producers because some producers are phenomenal in a specific genre. But if we go, you know, top 10 producers who are able to, yeah. to bring stuff from people, is that a thing we can look at? Yeah, I think it's amazing. Can put together a nice top 10 of that yeah. for the wonderful audience. Yeah, immediately, obviously, Rick Rubin, but I mean, Dr. Dre yeah. no, pops for sure. into, in, into mine. The Chronic. Mm -hmm. You know, seriously, yeah. uh, every, every genre, Butch Vig, they yeah. all, yeah. they are producers behind everything, yeah. Yeah. you know. So yeah, we can we can look at that. Um, as always, guys, uh, let us know your uh, what do you call it suggestions for the pick bowl that we we'll probably will have in the next. Leave episode. your comments below, Here. right there, and uh, you can follow us on social media: Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at Hit Repeat Official, uh, and obviously our Spotify playlists of all the songs that we've mentioned. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Quick uh, things we mentioned today that you're going to check out, Jed. Uh, I am going to check out your band. Okay, fantastic. And I'm going to listen Don't to that you first recording. To our stuff? Yeah, no. Oh, all no. right. Well, yeah, promote yeah. it more. No candy for you next time. <laughs> yeah, Damien. Actually, like listen to a bit of Beastie Boys. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I haven't yeah. actually listened to them for ages. Yeah. yeah. Quick, uh, quick thing. They, they, what you got to fight for your right to party. Yes. Apparently, you can fact check me on this, but apparently they wrote it as a parody to people going out to party. And it became like a party anthem. So they hate that song, which is also something we'll talk about at yeah, some point. Well, I'm definitely going to go check out Bob Powers, the whole thing of Can oh, I Hear yeah, Everything. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good thing to check out. So, yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Let us know in the comments what you're going to check out. And then we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>